Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast. Today we have Martin Batua here from uh, Gig Super. Welcome, Martin. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, gents. Nice to have you here. Yes, nice and uh, close. He lives around the corner from the <laughs> office, so it's quite handy for getting down here. Um, Martin, Gig Super. So, what is it all about, and um, how did it come about in the first place? Oh, it's a big old story. Um, yeah. Gig Super is a super fund built for self-employed people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started out on our journey about two years ago mm-hmm. and uh, managed to launch the fund at the beginning of this year. So two years and then to launch. So you started out, what's your background? You, I see you've been in IG markets for quite a bit. What, how did you get involved in, in that super side of things? Yeah, I'm, I'm an engineer um, okay. by, yep. by education, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but sort of never, never actually worked as an engineer. <laughs> 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 Uh, got into finance sort of after university and got working for a sort of, I guess at the time, mm-hmm. a sort of high-tech um, retail finance business yep. called IG. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was sort of there for, for 10 years and had seen a company grow from, you know, essentially pen and paper mm-hmm. trading yep. to to having sort of sophisticated, you know, online, sophisticated online trading Okay. Um, with with some pretty impressive technology. Yeah, so you would have said a big difference from paper and then all the technology that came about. How do they go about doing it? You said, mentioned you were in the Australian office, um, UK-based business, was the technology just pushed down and utilised it? What did it look like? Yeah, it was, it was definitely came out of the UK. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sort of as, as dealers at the time, you know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of sort of user input. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was, you know, probably more tech guys than there were trading guys. Okay. Um, but that domain knowledge definitely came off the floor. Mm. And so a lot mm-hmm. of the business managers eventually mm-hmm. who, who went upstairs came from the dealing desk. And it's just taken those insights, mm. you know, those insights that the dealer had from the customer um, was able to sort of take upstairs to, to tech teams and, yep. and, and build technology, you know, during a pretty hectic time. You know, that technology got built a lot during the GFC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you go from... So it's probably, I guess, situation-led okay. in a way. I reckon that technology mm-hmm. could have ticked over for a long time mm-hmm. or for a few more years the mm-hmm. way it was, mm-hmm. um, except, yeah, the GFC volumes would have increased, Draw, yeah. you know, thousandfold. Yeah, yeah. just before. You know, and so technology, you sit there mm-hmm. and you go, right, if we're going to grow as a business, mm-hmm. and the business is growing mm-hmm. during yep. that period, and so they would have, you know... The, the people at the time would have, you know, realised that for, the, for that business to, I guess, keep keep up with demand, mm-hmm. technology needed to keep up with that demand. You mm-hmm. couldn't scale that business by having more tech staff. You know, we had yeah. to basically replicate ourselves out of business. Yeah, yeah and exactly. that's where yeah, the knowledge, domain knowledge comes into software. It's not just a developer can make something without knowing everything around the outside of it. So you need the domain knowledge of the person to be able to help with that. Oh, I'd go so far as say it's impossible. Yeah, well, so yeah. would we. <laughs> so in terms of develop, you were a part of a tech business, really, that serviced um, a trading platform, etc. So did you get really Geek Super? How did you come up with the idea? So it's a gig, supporting the gig economy. Um, it's helping people that don't that generally work for themselves, trying to establish a super account, and you're educating them on that. So where did the idea come about, and when did you first start really investing and researching the market? Yeah, it actually came came about through one of our old sort of IG colleagues who, mm-hmm. who had left left the business and started work for a company in the UK, uh, who had signed a deal with with Uber. 
Okay. So just out of interest, I'd, I'd Google the company he was working for. Okay. And they, they, you know, the first thing that came up in their SEO on a search was um, that particular company signing a, a pension deal with with Uber mm-hmm. to help Uber drivers kickstart their sort of UK pension saving. Okay. Uh, and you know, Uber had just sort of made a bit of a splash out in mm-hmm. in Oz, mm-hmm. and you know, it was just a bit of a look to see if anybody had done something similar out here. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was the 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 first kernel of an idea. Mm. Um, copy someone in the UK. Thanks yeah. for that. It's, it can be oh. a good learning. A lot of just taking technology from one country to another can be quite lucrative. Um, in terms of uh, like your Netflix has been copied throughout Asia and done quite well for quite a few different people. So yeah, copying technology is uh, definitely an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it yeah. was, but it was, it was not so much copying the yeah. technology, but it yeah. was you know that mm-hmm. a lot of similarities yeah. between how the UK. I mean, we are. Descendants yes, of the correct of, of the UK yeah. system, and mm-hmm. so you know their pension scheme, not too dissimilar, mm-hmm. not as great as okay. ours, uh, but not not dissimilar. And you know, if somebody over there was going to do that with with Uber, then you know the feeling was there's an opportunity, probably an opportunity yeah. here in Australia. Yeah. And so you know we got we got started on that, and my sort of co-founder and I just started to to wade through all the all the research materials and. Mm-hmm. We got a bit, a little bit lucky. Okay. I mean, I think we got a little bit lucky, a lot, mm-hmm. which a lot. I think is really important. <laughs> um, but there was so ASFA, who are sort of like the, I guess the the industry body for super funds, and uh-huh. uh, produced two fantastic reports. I mean, if we were to commission two reports to to just to justify the, the validity of, the, of mm-hmm. our business, we would have mm-hmm. asked for those two reports. Okay. And they were, you know, super and self-employed. I probably mm-hmm. know the report off by heart by now. We've, yep. we've used it so often, yep. but you know, it, it went through, and you know, there were some massive takeaways from that report. You know, one would have been, you know, two come to mind. Um, you know that, you know, despite the tax benefits in super, mm-hmm. self-employed people don't contribute, um, and mm-hmm. will sort of struggle to have a comfortable retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, paraphrasing, but you know, that came out of it. And as well as the superannuation products weren't mature for for self-employed people, mm-hmm. and so when we looked at those two, you know, that's you know, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of self-employed people out there, 1.3 million, and it's quite a big number, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a big yeah, number. Huge. And mm. and when you get into a business, um, you know, initially you're, you're mm-hmm. looking for that growth story, you know, and and. I just growth story. What's a growth story, mate? Growth? What's Yeah, Sorry. growth story you mentioned there. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, for us it was, you know, are there going to be more or less self-employed people in 10 years' time? Yeah, okay. You know, is your target mm-hmm. market going to grow or is it mm-hmm. going to shrink? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, anecdotally, we felt mm-hmm. like there is there is no way that we're going to be pushed, you know, out of self-employment. If anything, technology mm-hmm. will push people into, yeah. Yeah, into so technology. Gig economy as they call it, is just growing everywhere and the peer-to-peer thing, like you said, with the Uber drivers, Airbnbs, all that sort of stuff. A lot more consulting roles these days. So people have industry domain knowledge coming out, doing a lot of consulting in their 40s, 50s, walking out of uh, corporate. So it is shifting. The models are changing. And it was interesting, um, you know, I'm sort of a fan of history, but, you know, it's, it's, I think we're always self-employed, you know, from the day we sort of walked out of the cave, you know, we were (laughs) self-employed and, it was only until the industrial revolution mm-hmm. where people pushed out of self-employment mm-hmm. and into a payroll mm-hmm. position. Yep. I suppose yeah, people's family names was their uh, 
their job yeah, back in the day. Exactly. So. It probably helped with, um, with payroll. Yeah. <laughs> Every carpenter's a carpenter. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, a, a quote somewhere saying, you know, is the digital mm-hmm. revolution pushing people back into self-employment? Mm. You know, do we, do we have enough tools now as the individual mm-hmm. to be able to run a successful business? Yeah, and deliver value at a different level, right? Mm. Absolutely. And there's so much that people can niche in these days. There's so many opportunities out there and digital is creating a lot more opportunities and jobs. I think if you look at look at the numbers, it's creating significant amount of jobs and shifting the way we work and that's going to continue. So if you can pick a market and work in it, you'll do quite well if you own it. Because in corporate world, like we're finding they're miles behind in terms of what's going on and they're just tr- trying to keep up. But they've got this ever ever incumbent sort of way that they work right so they've got structured silos and then getting out of that gives you more flexibility so it's a very interesting conversation and those businesses aren't geared to yeah. pivot quickly no they've got their mm-hmm. bureaucracy and red tape in the way mm-hmm. yeah yep. so the decision has to go up 10 times off the tree mm-hmm. and then come back get somebody resubmitted three times before mm-hmm. anyone can actually decide on something and it might take 18 months to roll out something it should have taken a month yeah and that's not an economy we can continue to work in if you're looking for innovation and technology right and I suppose the individual himself, mm-hmm. right? You go, you go to work, yeah. and you, you know, the nine to five, that structured lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, battling traffic in the to work, battling traffic yes. home, not seeing the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can, if you can, you know, unlock those shackles a mm-hmm. little bit and have that freedom and flexibility to work mm-hmm. for, for yourself, and be able to produce the results that mm-hmm. you want to produce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a winner. On, on both yes. fronts, right? Mm-hmm. And just in terms of your own yep. satisfaction as a, as a person, if you can then go and, you know, make a living mm-hmm. out of that and f- succeed financially um, at least equal to, mm-hmm. if not better, then, um, yeah, why wouldn't you move out? Mm. Yeah, interesting point. So you obviously see it as a growth market. So the idea, did some research. So the first thing was research. How long did you spend in research land looking at what was happening in the the trajectory of what was going on, stats, yep. articles, what were we doing? How long was that investment? Yeah, so the prudent answer would say here that we were heavy on research. <laughs> um, and so we spent six months going through yep. every report. Uh, we were actually on holiday when we conceived the idea. Okay. We bought the domain name yep. before we landed. <laughs> and then the research came later. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's mostly not, how it yeah. all starts. Yeah. The domain name's not a big commitment. That's no. all right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I think... Yeah. You need to be a little bit irrational mm. to start mm-hmm. a business. I don't, I'm not sure you you do everything right initially. I think you go back and you fill in the cracks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you gotta you gotta trust your instinct a bit and and make some of those decisions that somebody who you know the rational corporate might not, but the irrational yep. individual who yes. is willing to to pivot and, and have a swing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, we, we we researched. We researched enough, but it wasn't it wasn't like we went through a research phase and then went out and tried to do mm-hmm. stuff. We, you know, I think we still almost got building straight away. Okay, so you jumped straight into tech at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah. How did you go about that? So, you you mentioned off the conversation around the the story brand and how you, you you talk about your brand and how you communicate with your customer so to start from there when you design your product it was really just get into tech find a development company how did you go about it yeah we we definitely didn't do that right okay um mm-hmm. in hindsight we looking back now yeah you know we did the things we were good at and which yep. were which is product yep okay mm-hmm. so 
you know, we we focused a lot of time and effort on the things that we were confident to do mm-hmm. on our own and mm-hmm. also confident to share with potential investors. Okay. Yep. And so, you know, we got stuck into, you know, being able to pick holes in other super funds insurance policies, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. and go, you know, look at this award-winning super fund. Um, if you're self-employed, yep. you're not covered. Okay. Wow. You know, that kind of stuff. We're good at that. Mm. Uh, we're good at our own sort of personal, using personal stories to to, to design product too. You mm-hmm. know, both, so my parents retired during the GFC. Uh-huh. And so they they saw their sort of retirement saving take a big old Massive whack yeah. just as they approach retirement. And so, you know, for people who might not be so market savvy, mm. You know, we, we feel like if you do have a lower super balance, if you are approaching retirement, the reality is you're going to be either fully or part funded by pension. Mm-hmm. And so having your super exposed to the market at that age might not be the best decision, the best decision yeah. right? You know, mm-hmm. if you are got a bigger super fund balance and you're mm-hmm. able to ride the waves and sure, mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, obviously seek personal advice but <laughs> you know if you're if you're not sure you know the prudent thing to do would be yeah. sort of de-risk someone as they approach retirement mm, yeah. um, how far is, out would you say i've read some books on this um and it gave an example i think there's two two cases one approached retirement retired on the wave up one yeah. re- retired on the wave down 10 years in one ran out of money and 10 years in, the other one had a million dollars still in their savings. Very yeah. interesting, <laughs> as timing can actually impact. A lot of people will, will crystallise um, their balance mm. and, and take it out as cash. And I think one thing that we haven't done, I mean, we're probably digressing a little bit, but yeah. one thing that we have probably haven't done particularly well is, mm-hmm. is focus on the pension phase yeah, okay. of, of super. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I think we're really good at the accumulation phase. Mm. Um, and we are an accumulation product. Yes. But you know, the, there's a lot of innovation uh, to be done mm-hmm. around around the pension phase, and you know that, and you can't just start having that conversation at sixty five. It's too late to do mm-hmm. anything by then. You, you know, well, it's, it's not too late, but you just don't have the the relationship. Yep. You know, it'd be great if you had that relationship with your super fund when you're fifty five, mm-hmm. and start the que- and start those yeah, the a tough a questions, right? Yeah. Right, like, mm-hmm. hey, you got a lot of equity in your home, but you can't hit the bricks. You know, what do you plan to do? Mm. Not everyone wants to sell their family home. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot to be done before retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I guess that that's not where our product lies. And yeah, I'll okay. probably leave that for someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's fine. So you're obviously focusing on the, the self-employed. Now, from a self-employed perspective, you mentioned a little bit earlier that they don't really, they're not educated on super, they're not maybe investing in super. You also mentioned my thing about they may not be, um, their insurance might be a challenge if they're self-employed within super funds. Just dive a little bit on that because I think it's good information for people listening um, long-term anyway. Yeah, oh, mm. that's sort of going back to, yeah. to us, you know, focusing yeah. on product. And yeah. yeah, that was a really easy... Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at you look at the things that... You know, the, the, the products that you buy in super mm-hmm. and, and really you buy an investment portfolio mm-hmm. yeah, and you buy a, an insurance policy for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And the origins of superannuation are such that self-employed people sort of get phased out. Um, so, you know, if you go into... So the research there was, you know, you go into you know, all the super funds, top 10, 
mm -hmm. um, download their insurance guides. Mm -hmm. you know, do a quick control F, yep. self-employed, yep. mm -hmm. and and see what it says. Okay. And you know, a lot of them had, you know, carve-outs where, especially around sort of TPD, so your, your total and permanent mm -hmm. um, disability. Disability side, yeah. And you know, looking at looking at that, and it was it was. You know, a stark difference between mm -hmm. an employee not being able to work yep. in, in their usual role, mm -hmm. whereas a self-employed person, well, mm -hmm. you know, what do you actually do? Who's you know? So the their their hurdle was to say, have you lost, mm -hmm. you know, two of feet, hands, eyes, yep. to be able to claim. So you have to have lost two of any of those. Two of any of those yeah. six, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So they've obviously found a, a problem here in a market. So you, that's where your product focus is, finding a problem is a niche that we can walk into and actually solve and help some people. Yeah, that's what yeah. we thought. Okay. That's what we thought. So we went out and said, hey, mm -hmm. you know, let's go start speaking to some insurers. Yeah. Um, let's go start speaking to some product, some sort of investment design people to mm -hmm. see what, what a life stage product might look like. Mm -hmm. And... You know, of course, that has to be wrapped up in an app. Otherwise, you're not solving anyone's problem. So <laughs> it was, it was like, what, what does that app user experience mm -hmm. look like? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where we sort of got into sort of tech, tech, tech side, yeah. tech side. Yeah. Yep, yep. So then, app user experience. What did you do? Did you start sketching wireframe your own stuff, planning it out, or did you go straight and get some help? Stealing ideas from other apps yeah. that you liked, or yeah, yeah, yeah. we, um, yeah. I think. I think Pete went and downloaded some Keynote wireframes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I guess we yeah. it worked well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere. Yeah. We did. We, we borrowed. Yeah. You know, we borrowed, mm -hmm. you know, who, who's doing customer onboarding well. Uh -huh. um, and at the time, mm -hmm. sort of Acorns had come out yep. to, to, to Australia, and, and we felt that they had a really, really cool mm -hmm. onboarding, onboarding component. component. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we just went through... Again, product, you know, we worked yep. out maybe a little bit anecdotally, mm -hmm. but we said, you know, self-employed, and we were self-employed at the time. Okay. You know, we were yep. in a partnership. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were, you know, like cash flow. We were in our own target market. So we were in the yeah. own target market. I yep. can't say that superannuation was big yeah, on, yeah. on our list, but mm -hmm. we're probably a typical mm -hmm. self-employed person. Yep. You know, we're more, we'd had just gone out as a partnership mm -hmm. and we were just more worried about you know, actually winning jobs. Yeah, more yeah. bringing cash in from revenue. Yeah. Um, you know, paying yeah. paying super, mm -hmm. let alone paying ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we went and designed, or what are some of the issues? You know, and for us, cash flow. I mean, cash flow mm -hmm. was, was a big problem for us. Yep. And so we thought, you know, what would a cash flow solution look like for a super product? Mm. Interesting. Um, and so we, we put some product design ideas mm -hmm. around that. And, you know, went off and found a UX UI guy yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. and got really lucky got on really our third lucky. attempt. On our third attempt, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so attempt one and two we won't talk about. No. Um, no. Yeah, that's fine. So what did you learn from attempt one and two that got you onto the third one that actually worked for you? What made it lucky? Yeah. Oh, we're, we're a sucker for a good bloke. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. yeah, you know, we, we met this guy, he'd, he'd, he'd just moved to the country from Brazil okay, um, and was incredibly passionate yeah. about his results, the work mm -hmm. he did. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think we just went on a bit of gut feel. It felt okay. 
a lot less transactional. Mm-hmm. Which is what you want, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a partnership with yeah. anyone you're working with, really. Mm. Yeah, you know, we, we, yeah, we're big on that. Yeah. You know, is this person a missionary or a mercenary? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and and they, they sort of show themselves pretty quickly, yeah. one mm-hmm. or the other. Mm-hmm. And you know, we found a really good UX UI guy yeah, nice. who, you know, was able to sort of sit down with us um, and we ran him through what we thought a product solution mm-hmm. looked like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from his perspective, did he, did he shape the product with you or did you take wireframes and he made them look pretty? What was the, what was the direction? Uh, it was collaborative. Yep. You know, I'm not sure where his last count is mm-hmm. but he's he's version control freak and i reckon he's got <laughs> over 500 yeah nice all right so it's yeah. always <laughs> evolving it is yeah. forever yeah. evolving yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was before we we, we coded yeah. uh-huh you i know, think yeah we've seen some of these designs and yeah. the the file names get interesting yeah, yeah they get pretty funky <laughs> so there's a bit important point there sure. so you designed your ux ui high fidelity full graphic designs before you put wrote a single line of code correct yeah yeah what made you make that decision didn't know how to code. Okay, so okay. you knew you could focus on a UI. Yeah, because yeah. that was yeah. where your strengths lied. You, yeah, you had yeah. some power in that space, yeah. effectively. Yeah, I felt like I could control that more. Yeah. If you could okay. code, you probably would have been dived right dived in. I would have dived right yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But it was yeah. probably a, uh-huh. as a result yeah. of, of the strength in the business at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. again, it was, you know, you're forever trying to, you know, put assets in the coffers mm-hmm. to go show investors. Yes. And so we felt, you know, you go and put some code mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. it's not going to get you as far yep. as if you go put some shiny wireframes together. Yes. Yeah, most people respond to the visual. Visual. Yeah. There's That's a lot of code that no one ever sees that does a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get anyone excited. No. Totally. Yeah. 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 yeah that, and, and half, <laughs> That's that's the bad thing with what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of back end guys. Yeah. Yeah. No you need one. a designer to come in and make it look pretty, yeah. and then all of a sudden, oh my God, totally. it's amazing. <laughs> And that's and that's what we did. We sort of went yeah. out and we built, you know, we built, you know, the first the first crack at it. Uh-huh. Um, and looking back now, you know, it evolved, like we said, it evolved mm-hmm. into five hundred and something versions. But mm-hmm. it was only until we really adopted a guide mm-hmm. mentality yep. that that things started to come together. Okay. And I do this presentation where I show what our home screen looked like mm-hmm. pre-guide and post-guide mentality. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's a real stark differentiator between the, between the two mentalities. Like one of them was, you know, the, the pre-guide. So you're talking about UX, UI guide? Just for everyone listening, what are you, what are you referring to, to when you talk about guide? Oh, we talk about guide as in, you know, being, being the guide. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. need to... Well, in our product, mm-hmm. you know, what we are is we're not the hero. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, the hero is, is, is the self-employed guy who's mm-hmm. gone out on his own and mm-hmm. guy, girl, who's gone out on their own and, and, and making a fist of it. Mm-hmm. And what we know how hard that is. And w- the last thing they want is to be presented with a whole heap of complexity. Mm. Yep. Because complexity is the problem. Mm-hmm. And so if you go and, if you go and, well, it's the villain in their story. Mm-hmm. And if you go and add to the complexity, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you've just not you're not helping anyone. Yeah. Mm. And you know, we we did it naturally. I think I think it was it was a natural skill in the business was to become a guide and adopt the guide mm-hmm. mentality. Mm-hmm. And we did that by 
taking away a lot of the features that we really liked mm-hmm. that just we really liked <laughs> yes it didn't solve the problem it for didn't solve the problem yeah. you know and we, we we took those away and we automated more of those features mm-hmm. um, for example we had you know one of the one of the features was you know our super fund comes with two accounts so as we talked about before you've got the the super account before the super account we have a saver account mm-hmm. which is where the money goes in initially mm-hmm. and, and the idea there was going to it was going to solve a cash flow problem Yep. Because you put that money in, you want to have with us. You have the the fallback of saying, "Geez, we, you know, I've just put a thousand bucks into into the saver into super. Mm-hmm. Something's happened in my business, in my life. Yep. I really like that money back. Like okay. if that money goes straight into super, you can't get it yeah, back. Yeah, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yes, but if it's in the saver account, mm-hmm. you know, you can just withdraw it. Okay, so yep. you approached it trying to keep that cash flow accessible to a point. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. like a temporary just in. It's going towards the super, just not yet. Yeah. Yes. And we started out as, a, as an idea, mm-hmm. and then you go, okay, how do, how do you, what's, what's that user experience like? Mm. And it started out being just, hey, you can put money into this account. Mm-hmm. And then when you want, you can put money into the other account, into your super account. And yes, that does go some of the way yes. to solve the problem of cash flow. Mm-hmm. But what it didn't, do was solve the problem of complexity. Still okay. complex. It's still complex. Yep. When should I put money in? How mm-hmm. much should I leave in my saver account? Mm-hmm. When should I move the money from the saver to the super? Yep. Mm-hmm. And all that was on the direction of the user. Yeah, if the yep. user have to make too many decisions, then they're not going to make any. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, That's... you know, we tackled some things, but we didn't mm-hmm. tackle. But we were okay. exacerbating the problems in other ways. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so we we went back and said, okay, what what would you tell somebody? verbally mm-hmm. you know tell someone and I was going oh, look you know <laughs> maybe you should save weekly um, look every quarter you should mm-hmm. not let that balance grow too big because mm-hmm. it's it's actually just a bit of a cash drag sitting in cash yes mm-hmm. maybe you should put that money into super mm-hmm. because there it starts to grow at a at the, the, you know, it's exposed to higher growth yeah. market mm-hmm. uh, products uh, do that quarterly because it gets away the temptation mm, of spending a bigger pile of cash, right? Uh-huh. And so, you know, maybe you should do that. Hey, leave some money in the saver account mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. just in case you don't want to put every dollar in yep. Yep. because you're going to start building it up again. Um, but, it, you know, don't, don't start from zero. And, you know, don't forget to claim your tax deductions, mm-hmm. which is another feature of, of, of the problem that we'd found out during yep. the research. And... You know, just being able to explain that to somebody, we said, okay, let's take that, mm-hmm. that sort of guided advice and code it mm-hmm. or turn that into the user experience. And that was where you looked at automating it rather than yeah. trying to educate everybody on how so you could go about this. Either like a wizard, you know, someone can step through, mm-hmm. they probably yeah. ask them those questions. We have a one, two, round three. Yeah. We have a one, two, three wizard where, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that I said previously... Mm-hmm get sort of automated or you guide it yeah. through yeah and and you know we've we've gone out in a limb mm-hmm. and said look we think this is the best user experience for, mm-hmm. for a self-employed person who wants to start doing something about their super okay yep so when you've gone through this process this journey ux telling a story guiding a person through the journey of setting up a super account getting it all structured um at what point did you start actually developing something how far in? 
Yeah, I we there was a bit of overlap between when uh-huh. we were totally utterly happy with the yep. wireframes mm-hmm. and, and coding mm-hmm. because you just you know we yeah doing that linearly yes would have just taken too long yeah get it yep mm-hmm. so there was so, a point you started developing yeah something. look we had to get yep. some rubber on the road yeah mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. you know you can sit there the yep. beauty about coding is like once it gets coded mm-hmm. you, you you're not going to want to make changes <laughs> but when you're sitting there as a shiny little wireframe can, can yeah. you to perfect this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm like the yeah. enneagram one in the business yeah which means that nothing's ever perfect enough <laughs> and so yeah that was my big problem okay get yeah. it get it so you spent just give us some time frames so you spent three months six months 12 months ux what did you do uh nine months i would have said yep. was in getting really happy with the product with the, the products UX mm-hmm. and the way you're telling the story yeah yep okay and development yeah. started like six months into that yeah development probably a little bit of overlap so yeah, we put some rubber on the road mm-hmm. and started getting some of the elements mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and you know from go to woe i reckon that was about 18 months yeah. did okay. you come into the problem where things were getting done development wise and then the ui was forcing them to update and change again or was like what was made was locked away and you move forward oh uh, we made we made a couple the guide stuff mm-hmm. yeah I think we hadn't, we'd already started coding before we'd actually fully embraced the code bit. Get it. And so the guide bit. Mm-hmm. And so we went back and yeah, paid paid for variation uh-huh. yeah, because we were so yeah. adamant that it had mm-hmm. to go in. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's, there is a point where you obviously have to start moving and developing something. But I think these stories are very interesting one and different to a lot of um, startup founder journeys where they attempt to start developing straight away. I think you took some, some good points out of this. You took what you knew you could actually do within the business, where you thought you could add value, design the product, do the research, understand the problem, and it really looked after that part of the, the, the process before you developed anything. So some stories we've had in the past are people just get a paper and pen out and talk to a developer. You took a very different approach, which is not one we've heard of so far. You went yeah. to a UX, UI guy, yeah. and you started there. So it's a very different conversation. To if I'm going to go out and do my own startup again, yeah. I'm just going to start coding straight away. That's <laughs> my strength. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, but that's yeah. not always but, the right approach. Yeah, but as a non-tech, <laughs> if you're listening in, doing this, I think you started in a, in a reasonable way because yeah. you tried to understand the product, the market, the, the problem. users, the problem, and how you could best deliver a solution to that problem. Yeah. Not, all right, we need something for the gig super economy. Let's go build something. Let's talk it, look, find some APIs, integrate with some banks, etc. You didn't start there, which was, yeah, very interesting take. Yeah. Probably got you so far to where you are now. Ask the right questions and yeah. find the right problem. Yeah, yeah and That's I think... That's what a lot of people miss. Yeah, and I think our, you know, the, the, the product that we wanted mm-hmm. dictated a yep. lot of the stuff, right? We didn't mm-hmm. just say, oh, what's available? Yes. Let's shoehorn that in. You know, mm-hmm. we went... You know, we had a hell of a lot of issues um, integrating the okay. the saver account. Yeah. But we wanted it, uh-huh. and we, we knew we needed it. Yep. And you know, it wasn't like it was. Oh, that'd be nice to have. Let's mm-hmm. go. You know, it was. It was essential. It was essential. Yeah. And I, th- I don't think we left a lot of features mm-hmm. on the cutting room floor, if any. Okay. No, I think everything we we built we. Wanted probably once you made that shift, like you said, to be the guide through the process, mm-hmm. that's probably when everything got more clear and became all must haves rather than they've been nice to have. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. So, with the super the saver account, what challenges did you have? Was that just integrating with banking accounts or what was it? Yeah, it's um, 
it's not an AP, oh now I'm talking way out of my depth <laughs> you know which I've is been, what I've you learn you go yeah, exactly. right. yeah. and your understanding yeah. anyway yeah, yeah. yeah I'm still two tech guys so I find it really hard to blag <laughs> my way right, through this <laughs> uh, they're not APIs uh-huh. help me now but I reckon yeah. they're, they're file based yeah yeah so what we know of file transfer protocol type stuff maybe it's some secure stuff but yeah, yeah. transferring yeah. files day to day put a yeah, file in some place you have to then read that file from that Correct. place and then figure out how to work with some or is it like 1970s antiquated yeah. system or something? But it works. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's, that's why it's been changed, that's why it's changed <laughs> in 40 years. <laughs> I love it. Like I hated it before. Now I love yeah. it, right? Because I know yeah. it just works. Yeah, it yeah. works all the time. But and that's the things you learn during the process. As a non-tech, you don't know what you're walking into. You just said, I want a saver account. That yeah. shouldn't be hard. We just would have sent money to account. But and you then, found that, geez, some challenges along the line. And then oh, as, as developers, we... If that came to us and we were like, all right, respect the bank, like, yeah, we can integrate with you. And then we were like, all right, there's one tick off. Yes. Not knowing what's actually involved in that <laughs> yeah, process. Yeah, what that is. What does the word integrate mean? Yeah. And it was a, um, that was a big challenge because we uh-huh. said, it's just, a, it, it's an account. Guys, yep. it's got can't a number. Be that it can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. cannot, it cannot be that hard. Yeah, sometimes you don't realize what cannot be that hard is in tech. So you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, interesting stuff. The... Um, so you got the saver account. How did you find your devs? Was it through UX UI guy? How did you find it? Did you go through multiple devs or just one development team? Um, it was probably refer a friend two or three times. Okay. okay. So I'd gone to university with a an extremely capable dev, okay. um, and you know I would have loved for him to have probably come yep. into the business, but at the time he was that that wasn't a possibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he recommended that we chat to sort of somebody who he had worked with who uh-huh. works more as sort of freelance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke to him. He was sort of busy. Yes. Yep. But then he introduced us to eventually the, the software yep. team who we, uh-huh. um, who we settled, settled upon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think referrals for us was huge. Yep. Yep. Uh, I would not know where to start uh-huh. to go vet a dev team. Uh, yeah. Dev team. Yeah. It's like us, we'd always say people don't look for us in the yellow pages. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's it's the projects are too big and too risky to try and just yeah. a lucky dip like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was really uh-huh. again, I look back and I go, if all you know, top five lucky moments yes. in Gig Super, uh-huh. you know, having the right software guys. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. probably number one. Yeah. 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 Able to deliver the outcome you're looking for in yep. a reasonable amount of time. You got launched in two years, right? So two years is quite a short amount of time in this game when you're designing a product from UX right through conceptually, understanding the problems, digging in, what's the best result for the customer, and then actually building yeah. it. And it's not it's like not a long time. your product could have been an MVP and work no. without all the pieces. <laughs> it's not one of those kind of products. MVP is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what does it uh, mean to you? Not what it meant two years ago. Okay. What did it mean <laughs> okay. two years ago? <laughs> so two years ago... Yeah. It was the product we have today. Yep. That for okay. me was MVP. Yep. And, you know, I, th- I think this, yeah. Man, we we're launching a new business. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were launching something in super and mm-hmm. we, th- you know, we thought at the time, look, it's got to look impressive. It's got to look safe and secure. Yep. It's got to have all the bells and whistles. And we didn't want to be like the stodgy super funds that are mm-hmm. out there sorry <laughs> you can throw that in there. um but you know we we had an idea mm. that we wanted this thing to to look good mm-hmm. uh-huh. and 
you know, that was MVP two years ago, what we have today, which I think is a really, really cool looking product. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, you asked me what MVP is now for mm-hmm. our product and, and I think it's very different. Okay. Um, and I think it would have been a lot more human. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we would have needed everything that we have now mm-hmm. in the app. I think we could have helped a lot of people uh-huh. two years ago. Interesting. Yep. Um, so just with, by bringing their super. more human element rather than trying to build all the automations? Yeah. yeah. So maybe just start uh, solving the problem of no tech at all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So, so yeah, paper-based. We, well, yeah, To almost. a degree, like you could, you could yeah. technically probably you start with that. You could have borrowed what was already available, uh-huh. put the human language around it, mm. and, you know, talk someone through it. Yep. And we could have started that two years ago. Mm. Okay. Now... Absolutely, hundred percent not scalable, mm-hmm. um, but not probably from a long term perspective. That could have been the stopgap between yeah. bringing it on first customer, right? Because then they'll just evolve into the platform yeah. and things get a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And yeah that, that's not mm. to scale that process. Yeah. It's just to get you through. Yeah, get mm-hmm. yeah. But the learning that. too from the process yeah. would have been outstanding during that time because you're working with actual people, solving real problems, understanding yeah. their experiences. Could have been different. Solutions to come up with different products as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. You know, because you, it's really easy as a product developer to to get stuck in your own product Mm -hmm. because there's no criticism. Yeah, that's your vision. (laughs) It's your vision. And I'm not going to release this thing until it's perfect (laughs) because anything, uh, you know, anything Mm -hmm. below that um, will invoke criticism and that'll destroy you mm-hmm. um, get it out there <laughs> get the criticism yeah. you know suck it up a bit well, because it, that's invaluable and so yeah. you know when we talk about you know adopting the guide mentality uh-huh. you know that I think this is where it came into its own mm-hmm. and what we did you know one of the one of the things I'll, I'll refer back to the presentation but one of the presentations is you know we, mm-hmm. we show this great product that we built uh, and we have these early early users who, yep. who who love the product, but you know, hand on heart, you know they might not know exactly one hundred percent know how the product works. Yeah, they get mm-hmm. the con. They look at the concept, especially when you're showing something yep. in a presentation form. Yeah, but they're not in it. They're not working with it. They're not traveling through the journey of it. Yeah. without having you there. They don't they understand of them. Yeah. And they don't understand the 44 awesome yeah. features we've put in. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that they might not, might not even care. Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. You know, like, and can so you see that shiny button? We spent like three yeah. weeks on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, we have this, we have that, we have a roadmap of all this other really cool stuff to come in. Yep. And they're like, man, I'm just really, really happy to have a super fund uh-huh. who is incredibly human. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who I can phone, mm. speak to. Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't talk to me like I'm a legal disclaimer. <laughs> and for them, that recognition piece yeah. was enough. Okay. And, and that was the light bulb moment for yeah. us where you, where you go, wow. Yes, I think they'll, they'll end up obviously loving the product and using the product and all, all the 44 wonderful features that are in. Maybe not 44, but yeah, there will be. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's where I think you know, when, you, when you look at being the guide, Mm-hmm. You, you understand more that it's a journey mm-hmm. yep. and it's a journey from for us in particular it was a journey from look I don't even know 
if superannuation is a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, and then you can't take that insight to the, in, 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 you know, to the problem and then offer a solution of automated tax deductions. <laughs> it's the, the world's apart for the person. Yeah. Miles apart, mm-hmm. right? And, but that's what we had. Yeah, okay. Like I've automated, I've built a way for you to be automate your tax, your, your mm-hmm. contributions to super and, uh-huh. and, and automating the intent to claim that as a tax deduction. And I think that's wonderful. To the person who is making a contribution to super <laughs> and worried about having to make an intent to claim and I say, don't worry about it, I've automated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great at that point. Yes. But for us, that client journey of like, I'm not sure if superannuation is for me, uh, can you just remind me the benefits of super? Yeah. Because I feel like it's something that where I just lock my money away for retirement. Yeah. Not yeah, I can look picturing my dad who's a self-employed bricky. Yep. He'd be under, under that approach. Yeah. I don't think he ever put a dollar into his super in all his life. 20%. Yeah. 20% of mm-hmm. self-employed Australians will retire mm-hmm. with nil super. Yeah, any of those old school yeah. tradies are going probably nothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and my mate's dad's a concreter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, won't, won't drop a name now, but he, he works weekends, yeah. cash jobs, uh-huh. just to... Right now, well, he's retired. He's retired. Yeah, you know, he's just, seven, yeah. in the early seventies. Yeah. But they did the classic thing, right? Yeah. I bought a house. Maybe I bought two ho- two homes. Yeah. Uh, one I rent, but yeah. that rental yield might not be enough. Mm-hmm. No, not to uh, live off. Yeah. And so either you sell that property, mm-hmm. big old whack of tax. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you go out and do yeah do a bit of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, being able to being the guide for us was being able to go right what are your problems uh-huh. from the very beginning and then mapping out a journey of problems mm-hmm. and eventually you'll get to the point where the user's problem you know is that they don't know how to get started and that's where we we'll able to present them with with the app yes mm-hmm. right you get started you know hey here's your plan it'll take mm-hmm. you 15 minutes log in you know here's the one two three wizard that we've we've created that helps guide you through and hey it's automated Mm -hmm. but until they're at the i'm ready to get started my problem is i'm not sure how to get started phase man you've got a lot of work to do in your business yeah educating them educating yeah it's at the point of once they're into i'm happy to sign up they're sold yep it's they're not going to come and look at this thing and pretend that they know anything about super if they don't they've got no intent to put money in this thing they're not signing up it's going to be the, the last thing on their yeah. mind yeah. yeah I don't know why yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this uh-huh. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not that's not the beginnings yeah. of a really great yeah. relationship it's, mm. it's thinking of it it's strange that when you work for someone it's mandatory that you have to pay super but a self-employed doesn't have any sort of regulation like that correct correct yeah. so if, if you're self-employed it's voluntary yep. yeah and so the easiest thing to do is mm. to say hey you know what this is all a little bit too hard mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in the too hard basket yep. um, and I'll, I'll get around to it. Right? I'll mm-hmm. get around. Maybe your accountant reminds you maybe mm-hmm. um, if you've got like parents who, who have retired, they'll mm-hmm. probably make note of it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you can, you can put it in the too hard basket. Mm-hmm. It's voluntary. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's what we battle with. Yes, it's really about selling that story. So when you, when you started the business, you focused on product. Have you seen a shift in that to now being the back to the user 
back to the people out there, educating them why I should be putting in super, because clearly there's some massive benefits from a tax perspective. Have you seen yourself just becoming more of a business with a technology product rather than the technology business? Yeah, I'd wish mm-hmm. I'd wish we'd shown more discipline. Yeah, you know, twelve months ago to say, you know, for every five dollars I put into product, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a X dollars. I'm not sure what that number is. Yeah, yeah. Um, into some of those more downstream, uh-huh. upstream, upstream, um, you know, activities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Start banking up your savings account. <laughs> <laughs> like it. <laughs> But you know, I'd, I'd wish we'd gone out yeah. and, and and at the time created more more education, or, you know, in video uh-huh. form. Yep. Yeah. Um, created maybe doing doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've done that now. You know, yep. we've got an ebook, we've got videos. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. We're trying to engage as to why mm-hmm. super. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't think people n- know why. Yeah. So like in that customer funnel, you said there's 1.2 million people that are self-employed. Yep. How many of them are like the ideal customer that know they need super? And then how much is like a market that with education you can convert into that? Oh, look, I like to think they're all potential. Yeah, they're, they're all potential, but how many are like already now knowing what super is and knowing I need to do it? And that's probably where how that big's the gap, education really? comes from. Because there, there can be a, oh, a look, short-sightedness in the, in the space, right? I'm self-employed, yep. keep the money in my pocket, I've got extra cash right now. And that's the problem. And because they've got that opportunity, you take that short side approach. Yeah. Uh, but no one really thinks and about it. And they're not forced to do it. You're not forced to do it. Mm. I mean, to sort of try to answer the question, Anthony, it's, it's probably, you know, the stats. Yeah. You know, there are stats around that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think we, there's a stat out there saying 10% of voluntary contributions to super were claimed as a tax deduction. In 2015 oh, wow. or 16. Okay. 10%. 10%. Fire up. So 10% of people who put money into superannuation claimed it as a tax deduction. And I could probably ask you for a bit of a, uh, here's a bit of trivia. If the maximum amount is, let's say, it's 25 grand mm. now, what do you reckon the, the, the mean and median contribution were? The number is very similar. So it's self, one number. Self employed. For voluntary contributions. <laughs> let's say five grand. Oh, I reckon 1,000 bucks. Yeah. 21 grand oh well so right. almost, almost a lot, lot less than that yeah, yeah. so what that nothing. is that is yeah. you know either wealthy people mm-hmm. who yeah. have an advisor yeah just yep. putting the 25k going yeah. you need to put this in to minimize your tax mm-hmm. or it's it's people probably you know approaching yeah. retirement yeah who say you know putting putting money into into the tax get into the tax um, okay. benefit uh-huh. and so you know it's not it's not your everyday, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not the self-employed guys putting mm-hmm. in three grand, four grand, five yeah. grand, and claiming it as a tax deduction. They're mm-hmm. not doing it, mm-hmm. and and that's our battle. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's what we want to, you know, as a vision. Mm-hmm. You know, we want we want people just doing it properly. Yeah, yep. so it's just an education battle now. Yeah, just, I mean, even ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we start out at ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, get the habit. Yeah, you know, get the habit going. It's a habit, it's like a savings habit. It's exactly the same thing. Yep. The advantage is as you're employed, it just happens automatically, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. 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 Which when, is an issue, right? Mm. Because when something so important mm-hmm. is done for you mm. mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily understand why it's been done, yep. how it's been done, yep. you know, you're losing a lot of control um, because there's a knowledge gap. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you explain to people that 
What's the tax rate in super? My knowledge is it's 15%. 15%. Yeah. Uh, you know, how many people, yeah. you know, how many people, and, and we don't give it much credit too, right? Because uh-huh. we go, oh, what's your salary? And you go, yeah. oh, I earn, you know, 72 grand a year plus super. Yep. Like, we don't even give it a number. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. called plus super. It doesn't even sound like my money. Yes. It's your money. Yeah. Is that the employer is obliged to put it into super for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's done concessionally. Yeah. You know, when you, when you go out as being self-employed, it's, you know, I'd love people to have that mentality too. Mm. So, you know, what do you earn? You know, what are you going to charge yourself out at? Mm-hmm. Add super. Add but, 10% to it. Yeah. We have to pay the GST. And it's yeah. the same thing as super. Just put bloody super away. So, yeah, 10% tax for GST, 10% tax for uh, Yeah, for give super it to you, give it to you. Exactly. Yeah. It's a tax deduction. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, the game's changed for you. It's more about the education. It's yeah. yeah. The technology may not even have to be there. If you actually went around and just educated everyone, brought them on as consulting clients within a fund, you could probably yeah. achieve it, but not a scalable, right? And not scalable. Yeah. That's, yeah. Where, that's where the technology mm-hmm. becomes yeah. invaluable. So, yeah. our technology... Mm-hmm. You know, I had to map out our onboarding yeah. flow yeah. last week and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this would fail every UX, UI <laughs> rule ever yeah. because there are so many screens. Yeah. But we, we added a hell of a lot of tutorial screens mm-hmm. just to try to get that education across. Yeah, okay. yeah. And not just, you know, blindly put in money and, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to sort of explain the how and the why mm. um, because we feel like, you know, if you do that, you've got a better understanding as to why you're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in, in reality, for any product, anything out there, you need to educate people why they should be using this thing. Um, and you've got clear benefits here because they're missing out. They're gonna, if you haven't saved any super, by the time 65, you're basically going on a pension unless you're going to sell your house or you've got a big lump sum of money saved yeah. somewhere. So it is all about that user and that story. And I think what you're saying here is focus on the user, educate them along the journey, and they're going to be your first point of call or come to when you're actually... They come in decide to jump into super, really, because you've guided them from not I mean, knowing anything the, right through to actually a product to jump into and actually start saving. You'll be the expert mm-hmm. for self-employed super in their eyes. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, that's, that's always easily said, mm-hmm. too. You know, listen to your customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea where to do that. <laughs> like, I, yeah. you know, I'm naturally... Yep. An introvert, mm-hmm. yep. um, I find it probably hard to stop someone on the street yep. and ask them mm-hmm. about, you know, what are some of the super insights they can share. <laughs> like yes. that, yeah. that is not something they would have been comfortable doing. Uh-huh. Um, and you're on a podcast today. Well, what I'm up. I'm getting better. Otherwise, yeah, you like go down to where they're building new houses and start talking to the traders, or like that would could have been an approach, but that's not. Something you normally think of That's when you're trying to do this. That's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm naturally good at. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to talk about where we got lucky in the business, you know, number, I'll put them all as number one, otherwise they'll get angry at me. <laughs> so equal, equal number ones um, is, is hiring a, a comms person mm-hmm. okay. who, who made our business human. Yep. Mm. And I cannot stress the, the difference in our business to when we bought Branca in. You, um, would you say it's luck or is it because you've gone through this journey and learning and learning what so you've got the experience you know what you need rather than mm. saying it's luck oh, it's probably luck Anthony yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we we found we found Branca on on, I mean, on, on LinkedIn uh-huh. yep. and she was she was at the time prolific yes. on LinkedIn you know she was writing some great stuff doing some great things and you know I sort of just reached out for a bit of advice and mm. 
and she she was self-employed okay uh or had been self-employed was starting her own little side hustle mm-hmm. and sort of ran her through what we were doing and i think she was she was in for the fight mm. she signed um, up for a super account She's uh, she's 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 now a co-founder. Oh, perfect. So, <laughs> so you know we. You so know, you decided a different path. So you've got no technical people on your team, correct? That's correct. So you've got a communications person. Yep. Um, yourself with a background in trading and finance background, correct. actually an engineer. And yep. your other business partner is sales. Sales. Okay. But you've got a good technical team mm. that you can rely on. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not very, very good. And yeah, that yeah, we copped a lot of flack for that from investors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is yeah. you know we found out this is not traditional. Yeah, normally it's they have a yeah. technical advisor or someone on something board. Something on board, yeah, yeah. To w- to like be your middleman to the tech mm-hmm. team, effectively, or coordinate with them or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just couldn't afford that. Mm-hmm. You know, every yeah. time. We'd, we'd try that, yeah. right? We'd go out, we'd speak, and they go, oh, you're crazy not to have uh-huh. a CTO in your business. Yes. And we said, oh, Jesus, all right. <laughs> so you go out, you speak to somebody, and they'll just go, look, that's three grand a month. Just yep. for just yeah. advice. Did, yep. Jeez, all right. That, those conversations, do they make you feel like you're going in over your head and you might get ripped off in the tech space? Because you didn't have that knowledge now? Yeah, I felt more uncomfortable talking to the potential CTO uh-huh. than I did talking to our tech team. Well, that's not what you want. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to hire us. Yeah. yeah, like, okay. yeah well, I guess that's so what you I mean think, before yeah. the... Yeah. I think we had a trusted relationship yeah. with yeah. our tech team yeah. and bringing somebody else in, I just I thought maybe it would have upset that book up. Yeah. yeah. Mm. If, if you've got that good working relationship, yeah. they're there to help you. They're not just there to take money off you. Yes. Then that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, and there's a lot of transparency in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And that made me feel comfortable. Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure where somebody else would come in mm-hmm. to to vet that. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure the okay. value because... Yeah. Well, you getting, you're getting the outcomes you're looking for. From well, getting the outcomes were going. It was, yeah. it was built, I oh mean, you know, agile. Maybe it was yep. in an agile way. We're always given, mm-hmm. given stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to have you know, good debate, mm-hmm. particularly with the engineer. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And I felt that that's when I felt most comfortable yes. is when I'd get pushed back from the engineer. Yeah. Yeah. And you expect that. So anyone's listening, if you're working with a tech team, they just say yes. Yeah. Just get a little bit concerned because yeah, yeah, you want your people on the other end going to actually debate you. And I think it's important. Yeah, you give want you feedback, feedback pushback, alternatives, yeah. other ways of doing something. Yeah. And they care then too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're getting it's a, a team massive of, thing of care, really. Yeah. A team of yes is going to be the quickest way to make shit software. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just no easy way to say it. Like, yeah, especially yeah. when you're somebody who, yeah. like myself, who mm. you know comes up with a crazy idea a day. Yeah, and, like, and yeah, we'll drop yesterday's yeah, and start today's. Yeah, and I can see like how that <laughs> wouldn't have. Yeah, that wouldn't. wouldn't well, have have been yeah, that CTO story we had, Melanie. In our second episode, she was building up her own product. Mm. Got a CTO on board. He said to take it overseas, and then he the was team. he he picked the team, the team and did everything, and it went to shit anyway. Yeah. So it's not because he, he wasn't there for her. He wasn't yeah. there for the product. He didn't get behind yeah. it. Yeah. So he just did a shit job of it anyway. Mm. Yeah, and that's fruity language for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. we're on. Can I? Yeah. I've been I've been holding yeah. my tongue. <laughs> I should have let you know earlier. I've right, got my broad meadows roots. <laughs> I'm start. Um, so yeah, I, it's really it's really hard. Who do you who do you trust? Yeah, because you could. I mean, 
I'd always argue the point and say, look, I could go hire, or we can go out and hire two or three people, yep. and I still wouldn't know if that code's any good. No, no. Yeah, you don't have the that's technical background. That's one of the background. things that you're putting in the hands of your development team. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you probably got pushback from your advisors or your potential investors yep. or any investors saying, are we getting the right outcomes here? But I think you need to really do investigation. You obviously would invest in the t- investigate the team you're working with, the type of products that delivered. And I know who they are. They've been around for 20 years. So they obviously got some credibility to be around that long. Um, they're in Australia. It gives you a little bit more sound um, confidence that they might be able to deliver something. Yeah. And if you'd gotten your friend on board from uni as your CTO, mm-hmm. you would have been comfortable because you know him, you know he's got your best interest at heart and he's Correct. not there for the three grand a month. Was, that, was that an option? To have him on board as a... As a CTO? Just, yeah, or even just was, advising? Was that an option? Yeah, I think I did ask, yeah. actually. Uh-huh. And he's just he's just so busy. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it just didn't work out that way. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that was, that was at the beginning. But mm-hmm. as we got more and more comfortable... Mm. You know, I start to see the value in in the model yes. that we opted for, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, because now I realise that you know we've got an engineer. Yep. You know we've got back end mm-hmm. devs, we've got mm-hmm. API specialists, mm-hmm. we've got front end guys. Mm-hmm. You know we've got mm-hmm. um, database dudes. Yep. You know, to go out and what hire all those people uh-huh. and manage them and yep. manage them, yep. um, and you know. Perhaps they had never worked together, or most likely had never worked together. Mm-hmm. So manage that those relationships, yes. that new team. You know, to be able to just drop a team in, mm. and for them to become part of our team. Uh-huh. Sounds easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, yeah. Um, we're, we're we're doing a, an equity crowdfund, uh, okay. which will kick off in, yep. in the next um, nice. next couple of weeks. Do you, ever know, do you know how can people get interested in that? Because I think your product's got some. But big potential. So yeah, how do people get involved in that? Yeah, keep an eye out. Um, we will be the company's call or the the platform is called Virtual. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you if you Google Virtual and Gig Super in the coming yep. weeks, yep. Um, you you'll see a fair bit. It might be by the time we release this, we can put the yeah, link out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we'll have the link. Yeah, we'll put the link go. up there for you, Darren. <laughs> Let us know when the link comes out. We'll put it on. <laughs> But um, I, I understand that a couple of the guys in the uh, in, in our software team are gonna uh-huh. are gonna get involved, yeah, and and, and, cool. and buy some shares, yeah, nice. which is great, right? Yeah. Because they brought in, they get the concept, yeah, they understand they get what the concept, they understand it, yeah. they're part of it, mm. and you know, I feel like we have a, a, yeah. a an astoundingly good tech tech. Yes. Yeah, that's good, and it's collaborative, right? So, look for a team that's collaborative. It is a risk too, because you, you're just coming there, and I understand that the the advice about getting the CTO because they can maybe vet it. Yep. But then you have to also get the right CTO because if yep. you're not the right person with the right background trying to vet a product they've known nothing about, that's another problem. That's, yep. I think, the problem Alan had. Yeah. Um, now, talking how you're saying they're going to get involved into the um, crowdfund and get some shares, did you try and offer them the startup special? Just like, I'll give you equity? some equity, equity for some equity. free I development. I offer equity every, every time I walk in there. <laughs> every time the bill comes up, yeah. I'm like, you're sure? sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we see that, that's a, t- a tactic we see from a lot of people. Yeah, yeah really? I'm not the yeah. first one to do that. No, no, I started giving no. it that term. <laughs> yeah, it is a startup special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was alone. No, no. There's a lot of people, they use that and then they just try and drive that for the bottom dollar yeah. and they don't care about the relationship that comes yes. with it. Because mm. if they get involved at that level, it's not just now a development partner. They're part of your business effectively. They're investors. Yeah. The challenge with that and putting it out there 
if you're an equity, if you say, yeah, we'll do it for equity, you're an investor, but you're also responsible for delivery now. So you've got two responsibilities here, yeah. not just one. I haven't put my cash in and just come back in three months, check in, see how it's going. Cash that I've earned already. Generally, you might be working with a young guy or a couple of them, maybe not so experienced because they'll jump in and try that. Yep. Um, and might not be the right people anyway. And then they, they're now responsible for delivery and they've got some equity that's worth zero at the moment. If they don't deliver, then it's still worth zero. So it's a very challenging environment to work in if you go down that path. Yeah, and they're yeah. always going to be on your cap table if you yes. if you do become a success. And, and that's a whole different mm. different problem, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So you uh, built most of your tech in Australia, Tech Team Australia, UX in Australia. So it would have been significant investment in terms of dollars, I would imagine. Correct. Yeah. Why did you go down that path and not something a little bit... More cost-effective in the eyes of some people, throwing it overseas, doing something different that way. Oh, that was that was never an option. Why? Because um, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. We, what was the thinking there? I love the fact yeah. that I could jump in the car. Yeah. And be at the at the offices yeah. of our development guys mm-hmm. in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We said it's a like good thing. Like they're close and you can work with them. Yeah. Look, I'm sure not everybody has the the benefit of having that uh-huh. physical proximity. Yes. Mm-hmm. But to have people there where I could drop in mm-hmm. weekly, yep. get an update, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hear the good news and the bad news face to face for mm-hmm. me was non-negotiable. You know, had they been on the other side of the town, I'm not sure I would have been so excited to go with them, to be honest. Yeah, okay. okay. You know, the fact that I was so so easy to get to, Mm-hmm. Uh, so available, mm-hmm. you know. Like you said, it was a, it was a massive investment. Yeah. And yeah, there was no way that I was gonna Respect not be able to walk past and, and drop in and say hello. So yeah. in, the, in the context of that, how long did you spend the offices in workshops, problem solving? Yes, roughly. What did you what did you spend with the team? How collaborative was it? Yeah. Look, I think it was quite collaborative. Uh-huh. You know, we were there every day. I think I always volunteered to come and work. From yep. in there, but that, mm-hmm. I don't think yep. we yep. never needed mm-hmm. that. Looking back, you know, one of the challenges, yeah, something that would have probably a change I would have made was to uh-huh. be more. So we gave we essentially just give the IT guys the uh-huh. the wireframes yep. for, for for a particular piece of work. Okay. Yep. And let's say it was like the ins- the insurance piece or the or the investment piece, mm-hmm. and then we just almost expect them to know what button did what. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't have the context or the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think okay. we, I think we gave it to them without context. Yeah. So they had a which bit was of a, amazing a yeah. battle for them to try and sort it out. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. which th- they're now fantastic at mm-hmm. it because they fully understand the product, the product and how it worked. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. to be fair, the, I think the UI uh-huh. and the UX was quite yeah, intuitive. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think looking back now, we should have maybe made more effort to say, hey, mm-hmm. clicking this button does this, clicking yep. that does that, yep. rather than have them try to infer that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, from our so experience, it's the UX and the developers or the engineers need to be to work together. Hand yep. in hand. Because the UX guys can make something, and then that might introduce three weeks of development for you. Mm-hmm. But the engineer can go, if you do it this way, yep. you might save two and a half weeks, and he just has to make it look good. Yeah. It's different. They can pull each other back and forwards. Mm. Yeah, we didn't have that luxury. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think that's yeah. that's one of the compromises uh-huh. where you say, look, if I had a full team of people, yep. Definitely. We, we could have done that. Mm-hmm. But we, we went out, did the UX, UI, wireframe mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and then delivered those yep. chunks of work mm-hmm. to yep. the devs. Mm. 
uh, yeah, we just weren't weren't able. That's that's a resource. That's a lovely thing yes. to be able to do. Yep. We didn't have that resource. Didn't have a resource. Yeah, get well, it. You do what you can with what you have, really. And I like to ask this question. So Martin sure. of uh, 2017-18, just starting out, just about to walk into this. How would you approach it now, back in 2017-18, with all this learning and experience? What would you do? What would you be your first step about building Gig Super and the product? I would go out and speak to as many self-employed people okay. as possible yep. Yep. and get as many insights down on paper and then onto a wall. Mm-hmm. And then I would break up, take all those insights down and, and arrange them in a framework. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that framework, the framework that we've chosen to arrange stuff is a story brand mm-hmm. framework. It's, it's a methodology developed by Donald Miller uh-huh. out of Nashville. And so story it, brand. Story yeah. brand. Is there a book around that? Uh, yes, there is. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, choose whatever framework. You know, I'm not saying this, you know, yeah. we, we just found one that worked for us. It made sense for us as a business. Yep. But that breaks down all those an- insights into seven categories. And so it gives you, gives you a way of trying to work out, you know, what are the problems? What are the real problems? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, you know, with superannuation, if you go out and ask somebody and say, okay, what, you know, why don't you do super? And they'll come back and say, look, I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. You go, okay, you don't have time to do super. That's, that's the surface level problem. Yeah. yeah. I'll go build an app that sorts that out in three seconds. <laughs> problem solved. Yeah. No, oh, no, no, no. It's not, it's not time. Mm. It's actually that it's like, you know, it's yeah. really complicated. Mm. <laughs> You're yeah. like, well, okay. Yeah. You know, my three-second app now is <laughs> not really <laughs> not solving a problem. Not solving a problem. Yeah, yeah. And and so being able to like break right. those those, you know, there's the the, the five whys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you go why yeah. why why yeah. why, and then yeah. you end up getting to, to to like the real problem. Yeah. And invariably those problems are around you know, your own internal issues people mm-hmm. have. Like not everyone is particularly comfortable. Yes. With financial yeah. product, it's uncertainty, right? If they're not clear on what it is, what it means, they're uncertain, they've never touched it, Which don't get it. In yeah. general, no one gets taught no. that stuff. Correct. Unless, Unless you've got an interest yeah. or your family is doing it, then mm-hmm. you just pick that up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what's worse than sort of not having the knowledge is, is what they call you know, a lack of agency. Okay. And, and that's when, I'm going to butcher the definition here, but, <laughs> but in my mind, it's, yeah. it's when you say, look, even if I sat down mm. for a day mm-hmm. and tried to work out what this JavaScript thing does, <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. I don't think I can work it out. Yep. Right? So it's not even saying that, you know, I'm not even going to attempt, it's, I'm not even going to attempt it because um, I yeah. don't even think I can do it. Mm. Yep. And that's, that's a lot worse than saying, look, I just don't have the time. Mm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can do most things uh-huh. if I gave it the time. time yeah. Yeah. But it's those things in life where you say, look, I don't even think I can do it. So I'm not even going to try. To try. Yep. Yeah, that's just stopping, right? You're never going to pick it up if you're in that mindset. That's yeah. a belief thing. Yeah. Um, and that's a limitation of belief. So the seven categories, you said problems. Yep. What are some of the others? Just keep people the, the, category, yeah. the categories are, yeah. you know, what does is, what is the user want? Yep. Um, simple one. Uh-huh. But we, we never had that initially. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so to work out yeah. in, in real sound bites, uh-huh. this is a real skeleton script, you know, what, mm-hmm. is, what does the user want? Mm-hmm. You know, What's the villain? Or who's the villain? Yep. Who or what is the villain? Mm-hmm. So for us, the villain is, is the complexity. 
Mm. Makes sense. Uh, look, there are often time can be a villain, uh -huh. um, but you know we we went on complexity. Problem: there are three levels of problem. You know, there's the external problem, the the internal problem, and the philosophical mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. problem. Um, so you, you wrap things up as as problem, want, um, you know, the guide. Yep. That's that's you. Mm -hmm. You know, and and how how are you able to show empathy and authority? Mm. And then there's you know what is what does failure look like? Uh huh. And then you know failure to the business, the product, or the customer? The customer. Okay. Yeah. What is what is their yeah. what is what is you know what is their what are you trying to avoid? Sixty five. Yeah, having had a job, job with Neil in the balance. Yeah. That's your failure point. Yeah. Yep. Get it. And and then ultimately what does success look like? Uh-huh. The opposite. The opposite. Yep. You yep. know, what yep. what is that? You know, we're gonna avoid the failure. Mm. It's the salt to every story. Yes. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, as the guide, mm -hmm. you want your customers to succeed. Yes. Right. Yep. You do. They get what they want, mm -hmm. they succeed. And then the big one. Which which often gets sort of ignored is is the transformation, uh -huh. and and the transformation is is the thing that you know people will talk about. So mm -hmm. if you want talkability mm -hmm. in a product or your service, yeah, it's it's the transformative part that that actually gets people talking. So that's the transformation of their knowledge gap that you field. What are you referring to there? Yeah, so because the transformation could be a long-term thing, right? Transformation can be a long-term thing. Yeah. Um, in life, in general, uh -huh. I don't know if your kids, yeah. if yeah. you, if you, if transformational events, yes. Yeah, tra the transformation. <laughs> you know, if you've ever had yeah. friends who had yeah. kids, yeah. All of a sudden, that's the only thing they want to talk about. Yeah. 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 Right. It's like, oh man, like it consumes every minute yes. of your day. Yeah, consume yeah. because like because they do. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've tri the, the individuals yeah. transformed. Yes. Yeah, I'm no longer the person mm -hmm. I, I used, used to, to be. be. Mm -hmm. And now I've hopefully become mm -hmm. a better version yeah. of myself. I'm now responsible for someone else. Yes. Yeah. But you've yeah. become a better version, hopefully, of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's only... My, my, my take on it is that it's only when somebody can, can sort of say, look, I, I'm a better version of me, uh -huh. that they're then willing to share that story. Yes. Yep. So if you want people to talk about your product, you know, how are they becoming better versions of themselves? Mm -hmm. And one of our testimonials, I love it, um, you know, says, you know, I feel like a proper adult now. <laughs> I like yeah. it. <laughs> Very How good. awesome is that? Yeah, right? You know, you sort of gone, yeah. you do, you do, yeah. you, you're working, you're uh -huh. doing all adult things. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, it's yeah. that super bit. I'm yeah. paying myself super. Yes. Wow. I'll right. take the responsibility. Nice I'm taking responsibility. For my future self. Yeah. There's a nice little marketing yes. avenue for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm I adult now. Go on TikTok <laughs> and start a, yeah. I'm, I'm adulting this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, but well, you've mentioned nothing about the product there, really. It's about the the, the customers' wants, customers' needs, core problems, how you can yep. transform their thinking, and what they're doing with the business, yep. um, what the business stands for, your guide, so how you're guiding people through a journey. I think that's a very different conversation to the person of 2017 would have started from. Clearly, yeah. When was the first time you had a conversation with actual people that were self-employed? that didn't have super or were looking to invest in super? Oh, whenever, yeah, yep. jumping in an Uber. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Getting the internet changed over. Yep. Having, <laughs> having a, yep. you know, a clean house. Yes. And the, move, you know, yeah, the yeah. cleaner coming in. Yep. Yeah, conversations. Yeah, conversations. You so know, have become, those conversations. Have those conversations. Yep. Um, 
be the boring guy at the barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> talk about the same thing. Ask you about super. <laughs> you know, be that guy. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, so the, the product has now just become a tool to deliver on those solutions. It's yes. not the solution. Correct. Yeah. And it's actually, in a way, liberating mm-hmm. as a product owner uh-huh. where you don't have to become this sort of hero. You know, it's, it's not about your story. Mm. Yeah. And I think once you let go of that, and you say it's actually about the customer uh-huh. and it's about their journey and it's about their success and their trend that is so much more fulfilling mm-hmm. than it is you trying to it feel is. that yourself yeah, they're the hero yeah. in their own story because they're yeah. the ones making the change and making the effort now yeah you're and giving I, them a tool yeah and selfishly that feels great yeah it does because you're helping good. oh when we help people i think um well, Stats are you give someone money, you're going to feel good for a day. You take money off someone, you're going to be feel good for a minute. Um, so there's all these things about giving, and we are a giving and social uh, being. So we, we enjoy that. And if we can give and help, that's generally a better place to come from than I'm looking for a transaction. How do I generate some cash for me? It's not yeah, all about that's you. That's the reason yeah. why we're doing like these podcasts. Yeah. We're not exactly making any money. There's no sponsorship. We're yeah. not paying anyone. It's yeah. just we want to help people who are going through a journey, share yeah. other people's stories. Mm. And, and if we can, we can learn something from yeah. this. If we can help one person, we've done something good. Yeah. Fantastic. On that note, Martin, geeksuper.com.au. Correct. Yep. Any, anywhere else they can find you if they want to reach out to you? Um, reach out, LinkedIn, yeah. yep. obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Just website. Yep. Website will be the best. Yep. All right. We'll put all the links in there for yep. everyone to see once it's out. And the crowdfunding link. Send me the that. The crowdfunding will be, mm-hmm. I think, closes, yep. depending on when this goes live, yeah. the crowdfund will... <laughs> yeah close probably at the end of april okay. we'll try to get it out before oh, we'll do it earlier for you mate <laughs> yeah so that'd be Happy fantastic no problems yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, very good. Own, a, own, a, own a brick in the wall yeah um, that'd be that'd be awesome yeah cheers cool. man. all right thanks, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate your time and sharing your journey and yeah. story thank you all right thanks man